It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. Directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey. And big news, guys. Film Rage is back at full strength today as the long-awaited return of the Merman has arrived. Hey there, Murray. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on! Okay, so I don't normally say this, but COVID sucks, and I'm so happy that Murray's back that it takes a little bit of the sting out of COVID sucking so big. Well, um, yeah, I was waiting, kind of trying to wait it out, but it's been four months and they still, damn lockdown, so I gotta do something, right? Exactly. All right, well, we've got uh, a thanks for supporting us to everybody that's been listening. Uh, if you love our podcast, please support us and join the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get special episodes and content only for members, along with all members that sign up will get a special limited edition Film Rage merch item. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie, hopefully it's terrible, uh, and dare us to see the film. Join a huge list of people who have bought us a movie rental already. Thanks also to all the growing numbers of countries to find our podcast, including, but not limited to, in order of the number of downloads. The USA, Canada, Australia, the UK, Russia, New Zealand, France, Germany, Ireland, and Italy, plus so many more. Special shout out to our biggest state that follows us, which is Virginia of all places. I do not know who in Virginia loves us so much, but we are officially adopting it as our favorite state. Go Who's, or is it Yahoo? Virginia the Yahoo is, state? No, Virginia is for lovers actually. Oh. Well, we love you, Virginia. And Wahoo! Let's dance. We're dancing. Oh, yeah. We're streaming, Jim. So we are going yeah, to start with a film that we saw on a platform known as Shudder. Dum, dum. Dum, dum. Uh, it is known as Zombie for Sale from 2019. Man, that's an old movie. It's that just it? new to us, though. It was released in the States in 2020. All right. 2000, oh, the theater. 2019 Zombie for Sale. Uh, human experiments by a Korean pharmaceutical company lead to an undead test subject who may be a fountain of youth of sorts escaping and meeting up with a family of hustlers that own a gas station. Pretty convoluted premise that should not work on any level. But the movie works on all levels. It is a comedy and a horror movie and a romance. At its core, it's about the most what most Korean movies tend to be about, family. 
It walks the line between comedy and drama and horror without being uneven. It is a character-based zombie film that is warm-hearted and quirky while still achieving its effectiveness as a horror movie. Most of all, it was very entertaining. So much so that it was Mondo. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yet another Korean zombie movie. Uh, are Koreans the only people making zombie films these days? No, but they do make good ones. Uh, I would say no. Yeah, but unlike most Korean zombie films, this was funny as fuck. This is a perfect depiction of how to make a quirky love story slash comedy slash horror film slash zombie flick slash redemption of humanity film. The, the family that this film is about is so unique and have that whole criminal, sneaky, almost Korean kajillionaire equivalent. This had me giggling through the entire movie, especially the fact that our said zombie, the zombie who is a vegan and his favorite food is Korean cabbage with hot sauce. Oh, he loves the cabbage. Yeah, man, he loves it. This was very slapstick, very hilarious, and was a real pleasant surprise as I almost started thinking there is no such thing as an original zombie concept film to be made. But alas, if someone's going to do it, it's the Koreans. They know their their zombie genre. And this Zomcom, uh, for me, was a tasty, vegan-friendly uh, zombie mondo. So, yeah, I absolutely love this. I'm glad we got to see it. And I'm glad, even more glad that Murray's first time back in seems like seven years in Tibet, he got to see it too. So, Mur, what do you think about Zombie for Sale? Well, I usually could not disagree more with you guys. Uh, <laughs> I thought the first half was pretty stupid. I uh, didn't really laugh. And I thought he was like the lamest zombie ever. Um, yeah, picked up a bit in the middle. Uh, once they started actually, you know, killing people, it was okay. But I don't know, the, the fact that they, uh, you know, the zombie bites them and they get younger, that just seems dumb to me, but whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah it's definitely a man. I wouldn't go rage, but it, it was okay. So are you saying that you're now a hardcore zombie fan and the only zombie no. fan that you like films that you like is the ones that are filled with, you know, well, hunger driven, cannibalistic as, rage. As you know, my rule for horror movies, it has to be funny or it has to be scary. And it wasn't really enough of either one. Tick. Tick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got to say it. Tick both those boxes. How are you not laughing at how, how funny that? Oh, wait a minute. Did you, did you remember what I said this comparison was? I said it was like a zombie gajillionaire family movie. Oh, which yeah. both you and I thought were Mondo and, and Murray. Murray did not I like it. Yeah, I hate gajillionaire. So. Funny, funny how that worked out. Funny how that worked. <laughs> well, at least you gave it a meh because it did give you a little taste. It gave me a little bit of humor, but not a lot. Yeah. Wink, wink of zombie, oh. of zombie hot sauce. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right mr b what else did we see we saw and i'm gonna mess this up because my um i want to say slovakian serbian so, uh koveda eda or sorry quo vedas eda 
Corvatus Ida. Oh, there you go. Veratus? Veratus. Veratus? Vatus? Vatus. It's just, okay, just, how it's, just how it's spelled. <laughs> but is it English? No, it's not. Uh, okay. All right. So Ada is a translator for the UN in the small town of Srebrenica. Uh, when the Serbian army takes over the town, her family is among the thousands of citizens looking for shelter in the UN camp. So first thing of note and something I didn't know as a U.S. peacekeeper, the most important thing to know is that their uniform is hot pants. I'm not sure why, but heck, sign me up. If you're going to go to war, at least I know I can wear hot pants and show off my sweet, sweet legs. I love the costumes in this. I want to get myself a UN Serbian, I want to say 2000 and maybe, or no, it's got to be 20, 20, 35 years ago. I'm going it's back like, in time. It's and like getting 1995. Some of those yeah, there you go. I want to go back and get my hot pants. Uh, that being said, this movie is anything but funny. This one woman's journey to save her sons is that in a time of genocide is horrifying and extremely sad. The lead act actress, Jasna uh, Jewisic, I'm going to say, does an outstanding job of showing yeah, torture. Jurchik. Jurchik? Jurichik. 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 But, okay, anyway, an outstanding job of showing the torture that all the women that she is representing went through during this genocide of their husbands, sons, and fathers. This film brings to light the atrocities that happened in this war on the 35th anniversary of its time. You are not really surprised when the end state of her family is revealed by the suspense by that war can be evil and remind us that teachers can carry on their influences of what history really has happened, uh, even when that message is hard to take. Freaking outstanding in this retelling of a war that was not really that long ago. And this film was horrific and redemptive. And for me, it was Mondo. Where did you stream it? Uh, I streamed it on Apple mm. uh, VOD. Yeah. Where'd you, did you do it on Apple too? Or did you do it on <sighs> wish Prime? I, wish I would have. Wish Why? I would have. Why? Well, what happened? Well, Jim, I would love to tell you how much I like this movie, but I cannot as I ordered it for this from Prime Video and it did not have any subtitles. And since the majority of this was in Serbo-Croatian with a little Dutch mixed in, it was kind of hard to follow. Yet, I did watch the whole thing, and I will admit that the performance put in by Jasna Juricic was nice. one of the more enter uh, was one of the more heartbreaking performances I've ever seen, and that is without me knowing what she was saying for most of it. The desperation and determination that she conveyed was a powerful sight to behold. She commands your attention through every frame of this film. The film also has a very nice progression to it. The tension that builds throughout is very well plotted. At some point in my lifetime, I will watch this film again, and I'm pretty sure it's going to get a mondo. But until I see it with subtitles, I can't offer a definitive opinion at this time because for a lot of it, I didn't know what's going on. I tried everything. You could not get subtitles. 
And I will, uh, I might, I might uh, touch upon this in my rage later on. Oh, well, uh, you know, I'm always on board to rage against Prime. There you go. Not Primus, but no, Prime. Prime. So, Frickin so Bezos. The, lesson, the, the lesson learned here is what, Bryce? What is the lesson here that we're learning? Uh, something to do with don't order from Prime if you can help. It. Yes, that's exactly the message. Thank you. You, you have now caught up. <laughs> okay, why don't you tell us about the most exciting thing that you've ever made me watch in my life, which is called Thunder Force. Yeah, Thunder Force on Netflix. Um, uh, by the way, before you jump into this, yeah. Murray, you can count yourself lucky that this is one of the times you didn't have access to Netflix. I can tell uh, you that right yeah. now. That wouldn't have happened anyway, because I don't like either one of them. So <laughs> I definitely wouldn't watch this. All right, well... <laughs> Thunder Force, brand new 2021. Okay, so Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer star as superheroes who have to save their city from supervillains. There is one scene in this that is watchable. When Frank, played by Kevin Dunn, tries to teach Lydia, played by McCarthy, a life lesson by telling her a story about skipping a stone across the water, I actually laughed a few times, but that was it. The rest of the movie was awful and not fun awful, you know, the type of awful that you cannot wait to talk about because it's so dumb, it's funny. This was a type of awful that was so dumb, it, it was dumb. The concept was tired and predictable. There are talented people involved in this project that need to learn to say no. I thought that even if this was bad, it might be fun to talk about, but I was wrong. This was not fun in any way. It's just bad. It's just a rage. Uh, I have a feeling, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. See how my, my one eyebrow is kind of giving you that lift? But I have a feeling that um, your review of this movie is going to give some indication of what bad can look like and yet maybe still watchable when we talk about our dare later on. But that's just a hint. Perhaps that's going to happen. All right. So, Thunder Force. Okay. So... The children CLFs acting. There's three. There's three different actors that play these characters. The children CLFs acting was awful, but the superhero idea was fun idea. Plus, I love that young Melissa McCarthy's character was a kid who does kick ass and punch dicks. Although her acting took a kick in the dick. Teenage CLFs acting is a little better, but the dialogue did not prove one iota. But then, when all seemed lost, the great and powerful soundtrack of those about to rock came in and did exactly that. Yes, getting ACDC on the soundtrack gets a bonus point for sure. But you know the expression, negative one plus positive one equals zero. Or should I say, math says, that negative one plus one equals zero gives a really good indication of where my thoughts are going with this review. Best stone skipping life lesson ever told. It really was. You know there. I think Frank is me as an old dude who owned the diner that was frequented in this film. Hashtag I'm an owl. I'm an owl. Octavia Spencer's acting has to be talked about. What the fuck was that? I don't think she's cut out for comedy. And once 
the film was able, like this is a film that had an Academy Award recipient. And, you know, I don't think much of Academy Award recipients, but I can 100% tell you that I've loved Octavia Spencer's acting. And at one point in my life, I thought, huh, maybe after seeing the movie Help, that put her up against motherfucking Viola Davis, and there could be a competition. Oh, no. So by 42 minutes into this movie, I started wondering if this was actually a comedy or an action or a buddy film. And then I realized none of these things were happening. So I'm like, what is this movie? Bryce, perhaps you can help me here. What exactly was this movie? I don't know. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't funny, so it wasn't a comedy. Uh, I guess it, I think it was an action movie. I'm going to go action. My vote's action. Okay. But it, so, was, a, it, was, a bad, um, it was a bad action movie. I, I just want to bring up the fact that um, if, if Octavia Spencer against motherfucking Viola Davis after seeing this, the film oh. Help was potentially a competition... If not a close battle, I feel this could have made, you know, she probably could have made a couple rounds after seeing that. But after seeing this, I fear that perhaps we may have to have a discussion about Octavia later in the list. The only thing that stopped me from walking out of this movie was that Jason Bateman showed up. And yes, I watched this at home. So you know what that means? This film was so terrible. I almost felt like leaving my house to live on the streets for life if it meant I didn't have to finish watching this film. But Jason Bateman, Bryce, didn't it almost, what's that? He saves a lot of movies. Uh, But Bryce, didn't it make you almost want to switch from being vegan when Melissa McCarthy started licking his tasty claws? No. Okay, just checking. Uh, While watching this with my wife, she turned to me about an hour into the film and she says, did someone think this was funny? And I said, I don't know. I don't know, Bryce. I don't know who I ask who would think this is funny. So let's recap. An hour in, nothing was funny. Nothing was interesting. Nothing was good at all, except the skipping stone and the licking of uh, Jason Bateman's claws. I'm thinking, did Bryce force us to because we did not have enough rage in our podcast the last couple of weeks? Is yep. this Sadat's fault? Can we now believe Sadat for making us watch an awesome movie instead of making us rage last week? I'm going to say Partially, yes. yep. The, the German sex party last week pushed our joy so high that now we have to pay for this for years off our lives by seeing this awful, terrible thing. I thought that Jason Bateman was the only thing in this movie that had any sort of redeeming qualities. So what I'm saying is an hour and 46 minutes of film that was terrible and two seconds of film that was probably pretty good. Plus ACDC is great. It's not really really related to this at all, but ACDC rocks, and this movie sucked huge balls. It was terrible. Uh, there was one good line though. Yeah. I'm just I'm just buttering your knuckle. Yeah. This was quite I don't know possibly. Why, why are you focused on that so much? I did not. Anyways, go ahead. It was, it was sexual at the same time as as disgusting and annoying. Was it? Uh, this was quite possibly the worst movie that has been produced or shown since the pandemic has begun. Wow. And I've seen Hubie Halloween, so that can tell you how bad this yeah. movie is. This gets a near close to nine lives level of rage for me. 
Yeah, that was it was really awful. And what I mean, you look at the the cast: Bobby Cannavale and and Kevin Dunn and and uh, Jason Bateman. And it's like, why why are you guys looking at this script and saying, yeah, I got to be in that? Uh, yeah, it's it's awful. Yeah. Murray, don't ever watch this movie. You will cry because that will not be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, we're ticking boxes. That's a box that box that Murray's gonna tick. Well, let's not talk about that anymore. I don't know, Jim. What are we talking about next? I don't know. I'm talking about this groove, man, because it's so uh, fabulistic. Really fabulous. Mm-hmm. So we got to see uh, a film from NFB. It is soon to be playing at the Northwest International Documentary Festival in Edmonton, May 6th to the 16th. And that's at northwestfest.ca, which is also playing Fanny, by the way. So if you get a chance to check out northwestfest.ca, 100%, it's awesome. So we're seeing the magnitude of all things from 2020. Filmmaker Jennifer Abbott explores the emotional and psychological dimensions of the climate crisis and the relationship between grief and hope in times of personal and planetary change. So... The magnitude of all things. Uh, I love the message that this film breaks. Let's stop trying to protect our feelings by government lying to us. Let's stop thinking that the people need to be protected from what is coming. And what is coming? It's mass extinction, people. This is the message, and I'm on side with this message. I had some real problems with the structure of this stock, though. First off, nothing in this was new to me. Uh, had no new content and had content from things I've already seen many times about climate change. In fact, almost every clip from my hero of the future, Greta Thunberg, was all repeat from other movies I've seen her in. The The symbolic link of the woman dying to the end of our society as we know it helped to carry a level of dread through this film, but most of the film to me was focused on the end point but unfocused on getting a stronger vision for this change to happen. It was basically a bunch of little stories tied loosely together, hoping people will want to make change. It did not make me rage. I did not feel emotional or desire to make change after watching this. Creatively, I felt it was a very new take on a doc. So I really did like the fact that it's a a different way to show a doc. But as those of you who know me, a doc like this has to move me in some way, and this one did not. This film was a great, has a great message for us, and I just wish it was done a little bit better. This film for me was meh. Yeah, uh, in trying to cover the environmental crisis in every corner of the planet, the documentary spreads itself pretty thin uh, with the amount of ground that this doc was trying to cover. I feel that it would have been better suited as like a docu-series as it would have given each crisis a more complete presentation. Still, it's hard to be too negative about this film as at its heart, it, you know, or as its heart is in the right place. Even though it perhaps tried to tackle too many issues in a short period of time, it did still present us with a lot to think about as it relates to our planet. But as you mentioned, a lot to think about that we've already been thinking about it because we saw it in other movies. Um, The magnitude of all things was too much information to present in the length of a feature film. Uh, It was meh. All right. Well, we are so lucky because our returning Merman has also seen this film. And Mer, what do you think? Well, I actually agree with most of what you said. Like, what? I mean, okay, 
What? Hold, hold the phone. Stop, Bryce. Stop the music. Stop everything. Okay, can you just repeat that for our listeners just one more time? Well, yeah, strangers of made sound. I actually agree with most of what you said. Now, given <laughs> I'm not a fan of documentaries, um, it's not really my niche. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're saying the same things I've seen in countless other documentaries about the environment. Like Al Gore did way back in what, 2000 and something. I mean, it's the same information. The only thing they added to me was that that uh, Swedish girl. I mean, I didn't know much about her, but I mean, I like to hear her talk, but I mean, I could just watch a documentary on her. Uh, Which you can. Effect. And <laughs> to, me, to me, I I mean, yeah, they sure, yeah, they present a pretty bleak vision of the future, but they didn't really address what could be done about it. Like they didn't present anything positive about the movie. It's like, oh, we're all doomed, so oh well. But they didn't say it at the end. They should have said, this is what we need to do to solve the problem. But they didn't go there. And the woman with cancer, it's like, yeah, I feel bad for her and everything. But they didn't even use her. They used an actress. Like, it wasn't her. Like, it was a mm. recreation or whatever of her. I'm like, well, why do you just ask her? Dramatization? Like, yeah, maybe she's they, dead. Yeah. I don't know. Is she dead? Did anybody no, do I any research? Her, I thought it was her sister that died of cancer, not her. That was her sister. Mm. Mm. Anyway, I just I didn't get the connection. It didn't really click with me. You didn't feel yeah, the love? I mean, I, it was well shot and everything. I just, yeah, it was the same old, same old. So, yeah, it was a meh. All right, three mess. Three mess. You know, have you got the button? No Let's waiting. hit the button. You ready for the button? I want the button. Are you sure you want the button? I kind of want the button. All right, you're gonna get Do the you know button. Where the button is? Oh, I know where the button is. I've been pressing the button like for the four months that you haven't been around there, buddy. <laughs> sweet georgia brown sweet georgia brown all right so from there we saw something else we did no there's a surprise yes we we, we had a last minute edition because me and jim had a uh, email battle back and forth say, saying we have to include this he's like no it's tv i was like no it's not you wiener Anyways. i am it's it is 100 percent true i <laughs> am a wiener <laughs> yes i will not argue with that i am because this movie happened to play at play at the uh, venice international film festival last year along with uh, the other movie that we we uh, just reviewed quo vatis ida so uh yeah they both were at the uh Venice International Film Festival. But uh, it is new to Netflix. It is 2020's Night in Paradise. Uh, this is a mob movie that drips with blood, literally. There's a lot of blood in this movie. Yeah, so tasty, tasty blood. The violence is nicely balanced with well-acted, effective, dramatic scenes. It is well-written with well-developed characters. The motivations of all are involved are clear Every calculated move by the characters made sense and had purpose. The foreshadowing of what was to come with the bottle shooting scene was a little on the nose, but that's a minor gripe. The pace of this was slow and steady, which allowed me to bask in every blood-soaked scene's brilliance. I love this action, mob, romance, revenge movie. This was Mondo. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know what? Uh, those are things normally we don't hear from your voice. 
is the word action movie and, and mondo, mondo. Yeah. in the yeah. same sentence so that's got to tell you something listeners you guys got to tell you something every shot in this movie was so clean and so crisp the music yeah was so subdued and almost non-existent just thickened the whole atmosphere of this film so many tiny surprises in this film uh i don't want to spoil any because i think everybody should see this movie but whatever you think is going to happen i would say don't count on that because it might not so don't don't think oh this is like every other action movie that say perhaps liam neeson would make where you can kind (laughs) of write the script yourself or just cut the script from his previous movie and it's the exact same movie oh someone got kidnapped and then something happens i love that the dialogue was so minimalistic and so straightforward not all uh that wasted nonsensical words that you find in american gangster movies such as oh say like another scorsese film like the irishman although this was over two hours long. It did not feel long or dragged out at all. Had a real Hong Kong action film feel throughout it, but the sensibilities of a Korean drama where the ties are pulled back to, to the actual family, or dare I say, a Korean John Wick drama. Uh, this had a, a fantastic motherfucking ending with a great dramatic very well developed character driven ladies who kick it's just lady it's not ladies it's just lady who kicks ass and punch dicks motherfucking mondo did i mention that i was completely satisfied with the blood-soaked ending and i don't want to tell you what happens people but if you can make it to the end of this it is so satisfying. There is brain and blood everywhere. Everywhere. It's a good flick. I, it's Mondo. I hate to paint something with a broad stroke. Man, those Koreans know how to make a movie. We got two of them this week, and they're both Mondo. You know what? It's it's. I've said this for years. It's very hard to make a bad Korean movie. Yeah. I don't know what what's in the water over there, but... Man. Apparently it's delicious. Yes. And it and it creates wonderful filmmakers. Murray, take notes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, sir. So from there. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Okay, my rage this week is really quite simple. Normally, you know me, I'm a complex rage type guy. But this week, it's going to be very, 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 very simple. Number one, Academy Award winners should not try and do comedies unless they're good at it. There, I've said it. Octavia Spencer, do not make comedies unless you think you can do it. And uh, after seeing this move, that movie that we saw this week, I'm not sure if you really noticed it, but her acting was absolutely terrible. Her timing was terrible. Everything about her was terrible. If this was the only movie I saw Octavia Spencer in, I would say she should not be on the mesmerized list. There is another list that I would put her on. And I will just leave you all to believe what that list would be. That's my rage. <laughs> Fair enough. 
I got no problem with dramatic actors doing comedy. A lot of them, a lot yeah, of them do it if well. If they do it good, if they can do it good, and I don't know, I don't know any. Was it her it fault good. or was it just a bad script? And you know, you get on. Her acting was terrible. You know what? You get on set and you're getting, you got these lines that you got to deliver, and if you don't believe in them, then it doesn't okay, matter. Okay, I'm gonna play two cards here. All right. Okay, so the first card I'm going to play is, I think you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say motherfucking Viola Davis. What she can that, be whatever she have, wants. What does that have to do with the wants. price of tea in China? Why are we talking about Viola Davis? She's been Davis? in bad movies, but she always delivers, even when it's a comedy. Right. She's good. And I'm going to say Frances McDormand. There's, she's been right. in some terrible movies. And she's I funny, and she's she's amazing. Her. What's that? Yeah, she can do comedy. Yes. I've seen her do comedy. Exactly. Like, she's funny. Out and out comedy. Yeah. But if, if, because she's apparently mesmerizing. But Octavia Spencer, your n- days are numbered. Don't so convince me. That. Right. I never liked her. <laughs> I'm jumping on that bandwagon, Murray. Uh, no. All right. Ah, okay, Prime Video. You charged me five ninety nine plus tax, so you actually charged me six dollars and twenty nine uh, cents to watch uh, Quo Vadis Ida, and there were no subtitles. I tried everything to bring up the subtitles. The best part is when you try to bring up the subtitles, it would give you the subtitles for when they were speaking English, but when they were talking Serbo-Croat or or Dutch uh, or any other language the subtitle would say the language that they were speaking, but literally after that would just be blank. So it'd say, yeah, they're speaking Dutch. And then you'd hear them them speak Dutch, but there would be no subtitles. It's like, fantastic. I know they're speaking Dutch, but I have no idea what they're saying. I am so happy with this. So, uh, no subtitles, just frustration. That's my rage. All right, Jim. Uh, I think we've got some sort of uh, promo. Promo. Yeah. Yeah, Crime and compulsions podcast. You ready? This is awesome, folks. Let's give it for our buddies. Crime and compulsion. Hey, guys. This is Ben. And I'm Karen. All you do is read about crime. If you have serial killer posters in your bedroom... If you're hiding newspaper article clippings under your bed, looking at you, Karen. Don't be concerned. We share your compulsion. Join us, Ben and Karen, husband and wife team, as we delve deeper into the mind of serial killers. Dive into the darker side of humanity, but from the safety of your own couch. You can find our website, crimeandcompulsion.com. Find us on Facebook, Crime and Compulsion. Find us on Instagram, Crime and Compulsion Podcast. Find us on Twitter, at Crime Compulsion. Find our episodes wherever you get your favorite podcast streaming from. You know, I almost think that Bryce, with all his murder posters, probably might have some compulsions. 
don't have any murder posters. What are you talking about? You're you're literally behind you. I can see someone being murdered. Oh no. That's just uh it's just uh Jason X. He's totally misunderstood. He just he just wants his machete your, back. As soon as he's, he's your fine. buddy. He's your yeah. buddy. He's okay, so people, buddy. we've been four months in the making. Four solid months without a merman minute. And I can't go another minute without it. There we go. It's about time. All right. Well, as the as Jim says, it's been four months. And the reason why it's been four months, besides the fact that I don't stream and like doing things online, is our stupid government has had us in lockdown for pretty much the last four months, the exception of maybe two weeks. In that time, movie theaters still aren't open, which pisses me off to no end. That is probably my number one grievance right now in the world, especially related to COVID, is why movie theaters are closed and restaurants and bars were open. But anyway, we won't get into that. Basically, because of that, there are movies that I miss in the theater because I don't like streaming stuff and I don't have a million streaming services. So here are the movies that I would have liked to have seen in theaters and didn't get to. First you said this is, was going to be a buzzkill, but this is actually it, it is. a happy Murray well, moment. Well, no, because it's movies I didn't get to see. It pisses me off. But uh, first it's also is, positive for when we go back into movie theaters and then we can watch them together. Yeah, when's that going to be, Jim? I'm not really too hopeful about that. Next year? Uh, maybe. First, yeah, 2022, maybe. Yeah, 2023. Uh, it, yeah, first one is Nomadland, which... It's probably going to win a bunch of Oscars, and yeah, you can probably see it online now, but it I would like to see it in a the theater. So, I mean, I don't know how good it might actually be. It was awesome. It's awesome. It's got yeah, Francis McDormand in it. Exactly. But it's like, I can't see it because it's not in a the theater. Uh, next up is Wonder Woman 1984, which, yeah, was a terrible movie. It was a horrible movie. And uh, I still would have preferred to see it in a theater, uh, instead of having to pay $30 to watch it on my TV. What a bargain. $30, and it was a crappy movie. Like, hey, Murray, I, I need to ask, though. Did you Would you have given it a rage? No, I did enjoy some of the fight scenes, but it definitely... Uh, the, I thought, thought the villains were stupid. Rage. Both okay, both. so... I was, both. It, it, you almost had the same ratings as Bryce. I was just trying to find a... Another movie yeah. that you guys are well, you know me. I, I like my action movies, but it's like, yeah, the story was kind of dumb, and I hated both of the villains. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I had to pay thirty bucks to watch it on my TV, and I don't have an eighty-inch screen, so it's like, yeah, whatever. Next up, you guys are gonna love this. It's The Marksman. Yes, I know my love for old man Neeson movies is unnatural, but it also stars one of my favorite actresses from Vikings. Catherine Winnett. I would have seen it just for her. And action movies are just meant to be seen on a big screen. Like, I'm not going to rent it. That's just stupid. Agreed. Anyway, so I missed that one too. Uh, next up uh, is the recent one, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which you guys both saw. Um, I'm not a big fan of either monster, but how cool would this movie have been on IMAX? Like, now I'm going to have to shell another $30 to watch it on my TV at home. That probably ain't going to happen. Uh, then we have um, 
one you might be surprised by, French Exit, actually stars my all-time favorite crush, Michelle Pfeiffer, who may actually win an Oscar for this. Uh, and yeah, I don't even know if it's even available online, but it's like, I would like to see that too. And finally, we have Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, it was a huge improvement over Joss Whedon's version. And I used to like Joss Whedon. And it deserved a big screen release, but because of COVID, it wasn't going to happen. So we had to be satisfied to watch it on, on our screens. And it's like, yeah, it's four hours long, but I would love to see it in a big theater. It was just freaking awesome. And I feel so, cheated. So was that a Mondo, just so I can double check? Absolute Mondo. Okay, so uh, I, I, that love, just, I have loved Superman since I was like four years old. So, I've loved pretty much every Superman movie out there, and this was the best version I've seen in a long time. So just so you know, all three of us gave it a Mondo Murray. I know, that's kind of scary. but So you now cannot say you completely disagree with Bryce and I all the time. Well, because this is the kind of movie I like. This is not the kind of movie he usually likes. So. I know, or yeah, I get it. And anyway. Bryce, Bryce, have you got Krampus happening today, or what's happening over there? It's Krampus. It's all good. You know when he gets leg cramps? No, no. Oh. I just uh, noticed that I didn't have uh, the lists on our... I'm loading the lists onto our board here. I don't know why you're interrupting Murray for this. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well anyway. we were, Murray's was done, so that's why. Yeah, I just, thought, I, oh, I just okay. thought our people on our YouTube channel will be happy to see some crotch shots of Bryce mm. as he's adjusting some stuff. All right, so that's it. Yep, that was it. Yeah, it was a good list, Murray, and uh, I want to see all those movies in the theater. Okay. Yeah, in twenty twenty three. Yep, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. All righty then. So, I'm assuming my little buddy Bryce didn't get a chance to add anybody to the list. No. But. Good old Jimbo here has saved the day again. That's right. I have a repulsive. Mm-hmm. And I may have a mesmerized. But mm. I'm I, I just need to bring up that Octavia Spencer had the opportunity, and perhaps now that Murray's back, she had, would never have an opportunity to be mesmerized. But after seeing her in that movie and pulling the David Caruso card that Bryce played back years ago. What? When he when he said, uh, was it what was that movie that Dave Crusoe made that is so terrible that- You're thinking that, of Kevin um, Spacey. Yes, but David Crusoe was also in it. Was he? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think he was actually, now that you mention it. I think he was the main actor in it. No, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, he what was, was, he was yeah, movie? well that's, I had blocked the movie out of my, The, the Life of David yeah. Gale. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Which is like the worst movie ever made. Yeah. Okay, so uh, actually, I don't see him in it, but I okay, thought maybe he was. He was maybe he wasn't in it. I don't know. Well, I just I kind don't of remember. assumed that he was, because because where is the, this going? Pretty, You're just like off on this weird tangent that makes no sense. Well, I'm basically saying Octavia Spencer is now in that same list that you know, as much as we've seen a lot of good things from. Oh. Uh, I want to say a child molester, maybe, um, with Kevin Spacey. Octavia Spencer now has no chance of ever being mesmerizing after making that movie. 
I'm sorry. I don't care. It's she just, wasn't yeah. she wasn't mesmerizing uh, to begin with for me, so I yeah, like her. Now she's even less. Now she's even less. Don't get me wrong. I like Octavia Spencer, but you know. Okay, so I am putting forward that I mentioned earlier that I thought he was in that terrible movie, but I'm mixing that movie up with the movie Jade, which had David Caruso. So so I am putting... You had me me convinced that David Caruso was in the life of David Gale, which I'm like, maybe, I don't know, I don't remember. (laughs) Now now you're making making me look like a fool, Jim. It, they both came out kind of the same time. It was the life of David Gale oh, and Jade was around the bucket. same time. Nah. And that movie was also terrible. But I'm putting David Caruso on the repulsive list. Nah, he's not repulsive. This isn't he even is a conversation. So. No, he's not. He's awful. I like David Caruso. Really? Yeah, he's all right. Uh, he's okay in CSI in Miami. <laughs> What's that? Is he? A TV. He's the only thing I ever liked him in. Yeah, so let's just talk about some of the movies he's. Yeah, been let's let's talk about him because uh, I don't remember him being that bad. Because yeah, his last movie because yeah. he's probably retired because he's repulsive, is a movie called Black Point. Never seen it. It's terrible. It's a rage. Okay. I, maybe I actually, you. maybe we could actually get him on the doubted list. Then he did a movie called Session Nine. Session Nine was okay. It was a meh. It wasn't a Mondo. No, it wasn't a Mondo. I liked it, though. It was all right. It was worth watching. Then he was in a movie called Proof of Life, which yeah. was a meh. Yeah, it was all right. Well, there you go. You got back-to-back mehs, so you can't be on the uh, doted list. You're, already... You're right. Yeah. But then he was also in Body Count, eh. which was a rage. Uh, I'm trying to remember what Body Count was. I'm not sure it was a rage. I don't remember. It's terrible, and right. it is. What else you got? And then he was in J. Oh, sorry, Cold Around the Heart. Cold around the heart. Which was also a rage. Didn't see it. And then he was in Jade, which was a super Jade, duper. Jade, Jade was bad. Huge rage. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's just so much bad. The fact that I cho- would choose not to see a movie because I find David. What was it? What was it? He's movie. been in a couple good movies, though. Keep on going. What was he in that was good? Uh, Kiss of Death. I don't yeah, know if that was any good. It was all right. It wasn't terrible. He's a, he's an all right, but he's Mad Dog and Glory. I love Mad Dog and Glory. Bill Murray. Hud, Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk was like one of the worst movies ever. I hated that movie. A lot of people liked it. The though. King. Oh, he was in The King in New York. Yeah. Excellent movie. That's okay. a Mondo. Yeah. But he's repulsive. Okay. Well, apparently he's not as repulsive for you. But not for me. I like for him. Me. Why is it, according to this, he isn't done anything in 2012? Because he's, he's terrible. He's been Captain no Television. On here is CSI in Miami. Yeah, yeah because no one will hire him because he's repulsive. Uh, so it's been apparently like to years. everybody. Eh, could be retired. Not everybody wants to work till they die. True. I don't know. I it's know because no one will hire him because he's repulsive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I okay. disagree. Well, you're. I know you didn't know we even had this list, but yeah, I'm okay. Whatever. Okay, so Murray, are you thinking that David Crusoe's repulsive? I don't know. Like I said, he hasn't done anything in nine years. So but. I don't know is no. Because repulsive is a strong it emotion. It still has to be. It still has. Okay, so I've got a. Re- okay, you know what? I'm not My. giving you. I'm not giving you a mesmerized this week. I'm going to give you two repulsives. All right. If this one doesn't get on, then you two are both idiots. I'm putting Larry the Cable Guy. Yes. I like Larry the Cable Guy. 
What? Stand up. David Caruso. David Caruso and Larry the Cable Guy. Is he not repulsive in every movie he's been in, Murray? Larry the Cable Guy is absolutely repulsive beyond maybe anyone. He is awful. I just just can't go there. Like, I don't hate him. I mean, I'm sure he was good in Cars, but that's an animated movie. Yeah, but it's an animated. It doesn't count. So Should have brought him up last week, Jim. We could have got him on the repulsive list. Okay, so, so Murray, let me tell you what the meaning of repulsive is. These actors or actresses are voted on by the Film Rage crew that when they are on screen are completely repulsive and make you want to turn off the movie. Not his stand-up, because he may be funny in stand-up, but when he's in a movie and not see it at all, all the time, basically we are repulsed by them and that whenever they are on the screen, they are repulsive. If Murray's not repulsed by his stand-up, he's not repulsed by him in any movies because his his stand-up is repulsive. No, it, it doesn't bother me. He, like, yeah, he isn't a great actor, but I mean, he is what he is. But is he repulsive when he's in a movie? <laughs> why, he's saying no, Jim. I don't know why you're trying to get him to say yes. He He's absolutely not swinging on this. I mean, he looks like he was in Medea Christmas. I probably would have been turned off by that. But then not for him. Yeah, because he's in this movie. <laughs> the movies he picks are repulsive. He hasn't even done that many movies. He's done like three movies. Like, yeah. Most is mostly it's TV and stand-up. Hey, so he was in like, Jingle. Yeah, all, he was in Jingle all the way too. So, yeah, well, you should I, see I, that, I, Murray. See, I was gonna see that, but then we got shut. I got shut down because of the freaking lockdown before Christmas. You so can still all, see it anytime, Murray. And then we would I love missed, to hear your rating. I missed all. I'm not gonna watch it in April. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Oh well, double bada 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 swing a bada. That was. Mm. Swing and a miss, folks. No, no one's repulsive this week. All right. Unfortunately, that's all you got. I got lots more, but that's all I'm going to give you today. That's a- you two, are, if anybody's repulsive this week, it's you two. Mm. Hey, I see. This is all you, Mur. Oh, I got to do something now. Yeah, you do. Last week on Rage or Dare, another one of our fantastic listeners, Amy, yeah, I think I know her, bought us a movie rental and dared us to see the 1981 wildlife film called Roar. Do we finally get one of our listeners dare to see us a truly rage film, or are we seeing a pattern of listeners who love us so much they want refuse to torture us in a way we truly deserve to be filled? Okay, that sounds weird. This week we have another amazing listener who will dare us to hopefully see a truly deplorable film check in with bryce and jim to see if roar was the rage we were so hoping it would be or just another film about lions tigers maybe bears oh my bryce tell me do you like the roar <sighs> once again i feel as though we need to explain to our listeners that when you dare us to see a movie it is because you feel that we will absolutely despise it I am not sure how anyone could feel that the madness that is Roar could be despised by anyone 
watching Noel Marshall antagonizing actual lions and getting mauled on camera repeatedly, along with others in the cast, is something that is impossible to rage about. This movie had me on the edge of my seat as I watched Dumbfounded, as the lions and tigers created a constant state of danger for the cast and crew of this film. I mean, sure, there wasn't much of a story, and the acting wasn't terrific, but it really wasn't acting as much it was just fearing for your life. I mean, these were wild animals. This cast was acting alongside. It was crazy. Dare I say it, but I think this was Mondo. What? <laughs> this was Mondo. This is like Why? nothing I've ever seen. It was great. Ugh, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. Okay, well, I feel your pain about us not getting enough rage. I will 100% give you that. There's no but, rage but, here. Zero. If this is what we're going to get every week, we got to change the name of this segment. To, to not rage or dare, it should be called joy or dare? I, I should just be called this movie something I want you to see. You're probably not going <laughs> to rage about it. It's kind of a long title. I think we should go back to Rage or Dare. Well, we can't help it. If if our if our listeners no, but... love us and don't want us to be pained, I can't help that. They love us. What can I say? Uh, uh, okay, so let me tell you what I thought. We about got it. We got it. Roar. All right, go we ahead, got, and then we'll, ta- we'll talk after. Okay, so Roar with Tippi Hedren from 1981-2015 re-release on iTunes, which I paid money for. Okay, first off, what the fuck was this movie? This was probably the stupidest film I have ever seen in my life. My mouth was aghast the entire movie as I was trying to figure out what the fuck this plot was. I kind of had a feeling that maybe Tippi Hedren and family were trying to reimagine the gods must be crazy, but with lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. There's no bears. Stop Uh, saying bears. Oh, excuse me. And by bears, I mean hairy, beastly men. Ah. Uh, Yeah, they were were 100% bears in this movie. Uh, This movie, I can kind of see why Amy said we should see it. Because it it is really one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Oh, no. But... I was almost, it's almost like watching a train wreck or better yet, a large cat wreck. This is almost exactly what would be done if you had to make how to make a terrible movie slash documentary. Terrible edits, bad continuity, awful acting, no story, no plot, nonsense film. But I still found myself intrigued by so many animals. All in what I can guess was a set slash someone's house, maybe? Not really. This movie was truly an awful film experience, but I put it in the so bad it's funny category. And although this truly deserves to be a solid rage, I am giving it a very low meh for the near death experience at the beginning of this film. Plus the sheer horror of this entire experience. I really kind of felt like an extended scene from the movie Faces of Death. That's what I felt this movie was. It was like somebody watched the movie Faces of Death and then said, why don't we try and make a full feature movie starring lions and tigers and put some bears in it? Mm. Uh, Okay, so can you explain to me 
what the whole beginning about the film i was at the very beginning like why were they and why were they in africa slash india what does it matter i'm just confused i don't they, know why you're nitpicking africa i don't get i don't get it what that what like you've got tigers and lions living together like are we living in uh the Tiger King world here? Were they trying to make ligers? Is that what's that? No, um, no. They're just, they're just trying to save the tigers and lions. From the, I don't know from whether the they poachers. were in Africa or India. So, like, what, fun, what country was this supposed to be? This just added a little bit to the mystique of the film. I mean, was this shot in the African lion safari, perhaps in Ontario? I have no idea. No, it was shot on... Loc- kind of- this was... Yeah, no, this was all legit, man. Tigers don't live in Africa. They don't live there. I don't know where it was. Doesn't it say at the end of it where it was shot? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't understand why we've got all these animals living in a cardboard box. It's just, this movie was terrible. It was insane. It was, it was I was still, it, it still was, was insane. It, it was, was like, for me. I was, but, I feared for everybody's life. I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm that glad. no one actually died. I'm sure glad that we were told to see this. Apparently, but Melanie think- Griffith actually had to have plastic surgery after because she actually did get her face mauled a little bit. Really? Melanie Griffith did? Yeah. Legit. Really? Yeah, look it up. It's crazy. Yeah. that It was, it was a hot, hot, hot mess, that movie. I know. It was so good. It was not a Mondo. Oh, There's it was, no way it was, this Mondo. was a Mondo. Yeah. No. I'm going to watch it again tonight, I think. You, go ahead. Like, I will. watch it. Watch me watch, watch it. it. No. <laughs> That's like the opposite of what I wanted to watch you watch this. That would be like watch a terrible movie and a terrible person watching a terrible movie. Yeah, but maybe you'll maybe the joy that I feel will be infectious and you'll you'll uh I was dumbfounded you'll see it through, through this movie. I, as was I. That's why it was Mondo. Thank no, you. No. Thank no. you for making my point. <laughs> Dumbfounded does not equal Mondo. I'm it does sorry. in this case. Well, I have a feeling, though, that... Uh, okay, so we have our now third in a row. Yeah, this is getting we, ridiculous. Week. We're, we're got to go off of the, our listeners if this is what we're going to get. I don't I'm don't. i sorry. That's The listeners tell all. You know what? We've got a I'm format. Positive. It's Rage or Dare. And if the listeners are going to keep on giving us this stuff where I'm not going to be raging at all, it's I can ridiculous. 100% guarantee that you're going to rage at next week's I better, delivery. I Well, this is I can r- tell you I've seen half of it, and uh-huh. I haven't stopped raging all the way through it. So it's going to get a rage for me, and I don't want to – maybe I shouldn't be saying that. Well, you don't know if you've only seen half of it. It might redeem itself in the back half. Hmm, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we're going to get to see all of an American pickle. Really? Yes. Oh, with Seth, uh, Rogen? Seth Rogen? Yes. Oh, and where he plays two characters, no less. He's yeah, doing he an is. Eddie Murphy on us. We get to see double the Seth Rogen, which means double the rage. I'm almost guaranteeing that we will rage off this. I actually want to kind of see this. I've, I've, I heard about it. I think it can't be that bad. I like Seth Rogen. He's funny. No. Uh, no, he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, he's no, good. No, no. Like him. Looking mm, forward to okay, it. Okay, well, well, I can say good luck to us on this. I really feel that Brenda 
nailed it when she dared us to see an American pickle. I hope you're right, because uh, this is this this segment's getting out of hand. It's like week after week with, with movies that I actually, after I finish watching them, I'm going, man, I can't wait to watch that again. That is not what this segment's supposed to be. Yeah, but it's doing its point because no, guess what? No, it's not. How's it doing its point? You're making me yeah, rage now. Your... Exactly. This is exactly my point. Eh, you have no point. <laughs> Points at the Marie, top of your do you head. Add, would you like to add one more thing about American Pickle? Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say... I... When I did have Crave, I don't anymore. I would never have watched it anyway because I, yeah, I don't really think Seth Rogen's very funny. I mean, the only thing I like about him I is like that he's Canadian. But that's about it. And I, I didn't, I mean, as much as I don't like James Franco, I actually didn't mind Pineapple Express. But Pineapple Express was it. awesome. That's about it for him. But yeah, don't you worry, Bryce. I got a whole bag of rage uh, queued up for you guys. Good. Yeah, he Let's does. get back to the regular format because man well we have two weeks left of darers unless we get an in onslaught of people daring us to see a movie so yeah well i think we need to start rotating it then we can this doing it week after week is is insane because it's not working. too much too much too much joy, joy. i'm hey, not, not keep, feeling any keep, rage if you keep making me watch melissa mccarthy movies then there's guaranteed to be rage on our podcast yeah see yeah that i agree with you there um well, that was a, that was a point. I, I knew it was going to be awful. I thought it was going to be laughably awful, not just awful, awful. But eh, what can you do? Uh, thank you, Sadat. That is all you, by the way. <laughs> right. Well, this was like the best reunion show of all time. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Uh, Rage love out to James, uh, our only member subscriber. Uh, Thanks to the extended film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for statistic vision photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. For Beck Scoos for her animation skills and artistic skills at potatoladypodcastreviews.com. Find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for both Redbubble and TeePublic. See what we look like on our YouTube channel by searching Film Rage Podcast. We're always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment often everywhere you feel, including filmrage, calgary at gmail.com, podchaser, apple podcast. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage and most importantly, Bryce's rage. But no matter what you do, please make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Rage on.